Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. It is Tuesday, and the Warriors have won game five. My voice is a little raspy, but I'm going to get through the show, and we got a lot to talk about, Molly. We definitely do. We're going to kick it off and spend some time on Coinbase's thousand plus person layoffs, what that's going to mean, what the company is going to do going forward, how it's been handled, and then uh, uh, the EU's crypto regulation already in progress. Yeah. And then we'll talk about Netflix uh, has reportedly engaged Roku and Comcast to talk about an ad supported tier. Very interesting news there. Yeah. When in trouble, get some help, I yeah. think. Uh, we're going to talk about, this may uh, come as a surprise, Catholic prayer ah. in the form of the meditation app, Hallow, mm. which is partnered with Mark Wahlberg to promote it. Oh, Mark Wahlberg, get your prayers up. Uh, speaking of praying, uh, we're going to showcase a startup called Pray, P-R-E-Y, that uh, helps you track lost laptops because producer Justin, early Sunday morning, found out that his laptop and his my laptop, his corporate issue laptop, have been stolen. And you're going to find out at the end of the show how he tracked the culprits and if he was ultimately able to recover thousands of dollars worth of laptops stolen in Bed-Stuy, Do or Die, Brooklyn. It is going to be a great show. So stick with us. This Week in Startups is brought to you by Wealthfront. Wealthfront makes it easy to invest and easy to grow your savings with a diversified portfolio that balances your other riskier bets. To start building your wealth and get your first $5,000 managed for free, go to wealthfront.com slash twist. Thorn. Thorn empowers people to take control of their long-term well-being with a proactive science-based approach to health. Through a variety of at-home tests, Thorn teaches you about what your body needs and provides the right high-quality, certified nutritional supplements for you. To get started and take 10% off your first order, head to thorn.com slash you slash twist. And open phone. As a startup founder, a lot of mistakes are easy to roll back but using your personal cell phone number as your company number isn't one of them. OpenPhone makes it easy to get business phone numbers for you and your team right on top of your existing devices. Visit openphone.com twist to get 20% off your first six months. All right, so before we get into the show, we've got something for founders looking to raise capital. Yes, we now have two spots left for our next remote demo day. It's on June 29th. And if you're an early stage startup and you got a product in the market, that's important. You got to have a little bit of traction um, and you're looking to raise 500K-ish or more. Apply today, Remote Demo Day at remotedemoday.com. It's that simple. And then you get to pitch the 10,000 investors plus who are in the syndicate.com. And uh, yeah, we'll help you raise your round. You mm -hmm. can be like Gigster, uh, which runs an Airbnb-like location marketplace for creators. I'm on the board of the company. Um, and I had the co-founder, Hank Lieber, on episode 1196. They came on Remote Demo Day. And they raised millions of dollars. So maybe that'll be you as well. There is no charge to do this. We do this to help the community. Uh, and we're always taking applications. So if you're interested in going later, you can go to the same thing, remotedemoday.com. Check it out. All right, let's get into the news. This morning, Coinbase mm. laid off 18% of its staff after, obviously, a pretty intense couple of weeks in the crypto space. Uh, real quick note on Coinbase's stock performance going into these layoffs, which cannot have come as a surprise to anybody. The stock is down 78% from a year ago. It's down about 86% from its 2021 high of $357 a share in November. The market cap dropped from almost $80 billion in November 2021 
to 11.3 billion today. Coinbase looks like it's got, as of Q1, at least $6.1 billion in cash, total revenue of $1.1 billion in Q1, and a total net loss in Q1 of $430 million. All right. It's very important to note, um, people get a little confused about this. Yeah. There's revenue, there's how much cash you have, and then there's the market capitalization. And now people will say, well, this company is was worth $100 billion. So that doesn't mean they have a hundred billion in cash laying around. That's the value put on the company by the last share bought times the total number of shares. That's how the valuation is done. Right. The last person to buy a share buys it for a hundred dollars and they have, you know, whatever, a billion shares and it's worth a hundred billion. So just keep that in mind when these layoffs happen, their cash position, cash in the bank, cash equivalents, they sort of, they call it a fancy term. Um, that is six billion plus they got like 6.1 i think mm -hmm. that's different than their market cap so it's just a common mistake people make because they're like well why would they if it's a 15 billion or a 50 billion dollar company why would they care if they have a thousand plus or minus it's because the cash on hand is what they have in order to get more cash they would need to sell more shares and there might not be a market for people to buy shares in a crypto company on this day <laughs> right and six billion dollars is a pretty good amount of Great. cash but not if your core business is declining rapidly. So um, mm. let's break down the layoffs and exactly how many people were impacted. Coinbase CEO Brian Armstrong published the note that he shared with the team in which he said, we grew too fast. We overhired, we scaled too quickly. Coinbase has a little over 6,000 employees right now, which is up from 1,250 employees at the start of 2021. So in 18 months, they grew staff by almost 5x and brought over, you know, w well over 4,000 new team members, and now they're laying off 1,100 people. So if they had done a layoff of this size in, say, January 2021, that would have been 90% of the company. Mm. It's a massive, sh it's just a, you know, we talked about <laughs> like a 25-point swing in the Warriors game. This is kind of yeah. like that. I mean, it's intense. In the uh, post, yeah. he says, you know, three main reasons, right? Economic conditions have changed. Managing costs is critical in down market. And Coinbase grew too quickly. He said they have to manage expenses inc and increase efficiency. And that's why they're doing these layoffs. And they were pretty great to people. They're giving them 14 weeks of severance, which uh, if you are in any of the lower rung, you know, starting out careers in the world, you look at these layoffs and you're like, 14 weeks plus two weeks for every year. Like people who work in factories, you know, people who... Drive. You just get fired. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you just get fired. It's like good luck with unemployment. Um, these are incredibly generous. Anybody who's got these jobs uh, will find another job after they take a long, delightful summer uh, off. And so, as horrible as layoffs are, I always try to put these in context for people. These are high tech workers who had ten offers when they decided to go to Coinbase, in all likelihood, or ten options. They probably have five options or three options right now that are amazing um, and they'll be fine. Their stock is worth probably very little or none on the way out because they um, are underwater. The stock price mm -hmm. went down and they had a strike price. So if the stock is trading below that stock price or underwater, but they took that chance. But I read the letter uh, this morning. I just, uh, you know, I, want, I always like to hear the tone. Um, my hot take, perfect note. They took responsibility. Uh, they defined reality, you know, hey, one, two, three, here's what's going on, uh, as canned as possible, gave a little pep talk. And then he explained the mechanics of the layoff for a remote company. I don't know if you noticed that, but 
there was that uh, dip from uh, that company who did everybody on the same Zoom. If you're watching this, oh, Zoom, you're yeah, fired. Better, and he, better not come. Better. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. So what he said was, listen, um, I, I'm really sorry about how we're doing this, but there is no way to do this. We had to send an email to everybody. Mm-hmm. And in that email, it will tell you if you're laid off or not. I know this seems very cold. We will have turned off your accounts. The yeah. reason we're doing that is to protect the customers because some people have customer access and to protect people who might make a rash decision at this time or something to that effect. It was like a very meta, well thought out, like, I'm going to explain to you, there's no way to do layoffs properly, but this is the best we came up with. And here's why we did it that way. Yeah. So you don't have that shock of like, the how you broke up with me. Some people don't like the how, you know, mm-hmm. they want you to break up in a classy way. And, and I think you did that. So um, you should do that. You should break. You should always break up in a classy way. Like, come on. What, it's you, not me. Yeah. Uh, what is, it's me, not you. <laughs> what is some other interesting context in as this is happening is that last week, and we sort of missed this, there seemed to be, I mean, it's just very, it's interesting what's been going on there. There seemed to have been a little bit of maybe like a mini mutiny, like a post mm-hmm. uh, that could have been, you know, one person or many, we don't know, called Operation Revive Coin mm-hmm. on this writing platform, mirror.xyz. And they said, We, the employees at Coinbase, believe the executive team has recently been making decisions that are not in the best interest of the company, its employees, and its shareholders. And they specifically called out the COO, Mm. the CPO, and the chief people officer, Mm. not Brian Armstrong, which was interesting. Uh, And they listed these eight reasons why they thought these executives should be fired, including the like NFT platform Mm. over prioritizing certain products. And then one of the things they said was, aggressive hiring for thousands of roles despite the fact that it is an unsustainable plan and contrary to the wisdom of the crypto industry mm. and they also call that rescinding offers to new employees yeah um this is what happens when something comes apart you know the arrows start flying the finger pointing happens we're going to see a lot more of this um and ceo brian armstrong uh who is I think emboldened uh, to communicate and it's a good communicator, apparently, like his ability to write is, is pretty good and communicate. So I think he is like um, a new breed of like, I'm not going to back down. I'm not going to go quiet. I'm not going to do PR speak. He basically said this is really dumb on multiple levels. Like, And he said in his second point, first of all, if you want to do a vote of no confidence, you should do it on me and not blame the execs. Who do you think is running the company? I was a little offended not to be included. Smiley face. So he's, you know, been a little trolly. Number three. Second, if you have no confidence in the execs or CEO of the company, then why are you working at that company? Quit and find a company to work at that you believe in! Exclamation point. I think that was pretty good. Um, yeah, there was probably lots of can, lots we can, and then he just admits, but probably lots we can do better. But if you're not at a, if you're at a place where you want to leak stuff externally, then it's time for you to go. You're hurting yourself and those around you. And he basically said, if we catch you, we're going to fire your ass as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, you know, this is going to be the rest of the summer and into the fall. Uh, and then for some of the legal cases, which is this won't fall into, but, you know, other crypto projects like Luna, you know, there was this thing going around over the weekend that Doquan had liquidated some billions of dollars of his Luna uh, or Terra uh, in that stablecoin collapse. Mm-hmm. Who knows if that's true, but uh, there's going to be a lot of discovery, legal, you know, DOJ actions, um, you know, civil lawsuits, you know, it's gonna, and, and blog posts and anonymous blog posts as crypto comes apart. Yeah. And I think you're going to see companies have these kinds of uh, 
people are going to be upset, right? Like, no matter yeah. how perfectly you handle it, there are going to be people who are going to be upset. It sounds like a big yeah. part of what was happening is that there were it, there was some obvious telegraphing that layoffs were going to happen and employees probably thought the company scaled too fast. Like, it's it's interesting because it's this double, right? You can have leadership, but you can also have wisdom of the crowds where mm-hmm. it's very possible people internally were like, okay, but there are some warning signs that maybe, you know, this isn't, the rocket doesn't always go up. Yeah. Maybe we shouldn't be hiring this many people. And obviously they didn't feel listened to. Um, but, you know, I mean, it, it, but that's also like what happens when you work at a company, they set the agenda and you're either on board or you're not. Yeah. And I, I think there are, if you're, I, I think Brian's point about like, if you're not happy, like doing these kind of things, um, cause a disturbance for the people who might be happy at the company and enjoying their time there. So the best thing to do is just move on in your life. Like it's the bitterness of like, uh, this kind of stuff, I think is, um, it's just wasted energy. Just put, just go find another gig. Um, I think, you know, if Coinbase, uh, had their stock price high and it was above people's strike price, that never right. gets written. And right. if the company's growing and people are still trading crypto, but the bigger picture here is crypto market has actually collapsed. There mm-hmm. are no more buyers. The buy side is gone. And as I said the other day, when you lose the buy side, you know, everything just plummets to base value. I talked about it yesterday. I talked about it for the last month. And the base value is going to be like, how much cash do you have? What's your revenue and earnings? Some multiple on that. And, you know, maybe the goodwill, we talked about goodwill, you know, like the IP, like does Coinbase mean anything to people? It does. It's the, you know, the, the most respected brand in crypto. So, uh, but really, I think going over the Munster Q2 yeah. of 2021 is the big yeah. one here, because remember all the stimulus happened in the year, in the end of the year, one of the, um, there was a lot of stimulus that happened, I think in tw- end of 2020 and into 2021. People were getting unemployment and unemployment bonuses that were more money for a brief period of time, like six, 12 months in a lot of locations. They were getting more money to stay at home than to go to work. Uh, and people weren't able to spend money going out. So mm-hmm. that's when you had the balance sheet flip massively. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, everybody had massive savings and um, they weren't spending. So this is just like this incredible moment of time. And then you have a bunch of cash sitting around. You get a little frisky. Yeah, maybe you, you heard about some coins and you want to place a bet on Bitcoin or whatever, uh, or you want to buy a stock because uh, you heard about AMC is going to the moon. Listen, Wealthfront is an investment platform that lets you open up low fee IRAs, 401ks and more. But here is the amazing innovation they created. They call it self-driving money. Basically, it's a robo-advisor that builds you a custom investment portfolio of ETFs based on your preferences, your risk score, and your interests. Example, they have a socially responsible portfolio option to fetch your bag. And they do all of this for a fraction of the cost of a traditional advisor. They also have an amazing net worth calculator where you can see your projected net worth over time. It takes into account your average deposit size, any major purchases or windfalls like buying a house or receiving inheritance, or maybe you get some equity in a company. It's really an incredible way to manage your money and build your wealth over time. And a lot of my family members use it and friends use it, and they learn how to take agency for their financial future. It's a gorgeous app. It's a beautiful interface. It's so easy to use. I absolutely love Wealthfront. Twist listeners can get, listen to this, their first $5,000 managed for free for life. But you have to go to wealthfront.com slash twist. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-O-R-N-T dot com slash twist. 
to start building your wealth today. But maybe you could walk us through Q2 of last year because the numbers they did were bonkers. Bonkers. And the reason we're bringing this up is because they are going to be compared against these numbers in presumably their next earnings report. If you look at Coinbase's strongest quarter to date ever as a public company, it was Q2 2021. Um, And (laughs) during Q2 of last year, the total top line revenue was $2.2 billion. That's compared to that $1.1 billion last quarter in Q1 that I mentioned. So half, Mm. right? Right. Um, Q2 2021 net income or profit was $1.6 billion. That is compared to losing... $430 $430 million last quarter. The uh, retail, the number of retail monthly transacting users in Q2 2021 were 8.8 million compared to 9.2 million last quarter. So actually not a big change there. Yeah. Um, and they have added verified users overall. They also, it seems like really tried to court institutional clients. Mm-hmm. So in Q2 2021, they reported institutional uh, 9,000 institutionals on the platform which of course you want right because they're less volatile we don't know how many of those big whales are still on the platform but we may one note on the institutionals my understanding is they pay for custodial services so Mm -hmm. you pay i think it might be one percent or one and a half percent for them to hold your crypto and make sure it's safe and you know cold storage type stuff um, and remember that came up because maybe it was three weeks ago, you and I talked, Molly, about the fact that the deposits of people on Coinbase were not secure. They could be used as collateral in a bankruptcy thing and they had put that in a filing. Yeah. These institutional clients are in a different category because they pay. And so my prediction, a little bit of a hot take here, is that they may start charging you to keep your demolished uh, crypto portfolio at coinbase so imagine they said to you if you have you had you told me you had fifteen hundred dollars that went down to 500 or something in that range now imagine they go to you and say yeah by the way you got to pay us five bucks a year to keep the five hundred dollars here um mm-hmm. you know uh or if you had five thousand you gotta pay 50 would you take it out probably not and now they've got a base of you know uh and they and that would and for that they would guarantee you that it was safe you know um and it couldn't be taken into bankruptcy so they have to architect their system to do that so yeah. just something to, to a little mini prediction for me yeah no that's a good one well and also i mean i think uh mini prediction from jp morgan today <laughs> right vis-a-vis coinbase jp morgan yep. downgraded it after being uh, like pretty bullish for a long time saying they're going to have a hard time turning a profit and i do think uh you know two things are going to happen one coinbase's next earnings call is going to be in comparison to this bananas stimmy quarter ah, from yes. Q2 2021. So in terms of a stock price effect, that is going yeah. to be terrible. And then second, as they have noted in previous filings, the majority of their revenue comes from these transaction fees. So if people are not ah. trading, it's a big problem for revenue, right? It's like if somebody yeah. stop if people stop buying iPhones and they don't they haven't really shored up the AirPod Pro business and the yeah. banking and finance side of things. So in terms of those future revenue models, if people just stop trading crypto, even if they're just holding, mm. it's it's somewhat in doubt. And the earnings report, like we just need to, there's we can't say this enough times. It's going to look so horrible in comparison that yeah. it's almost going to be unfair. This is where subscription businesses are so in vogue. If they had been a subscription business all this, this time and they had 9 million people paying a subscription of but $5 a month, uh, that would be... Forty-five million dollars, uh, forty-five million dollars, uh, you know, across 
you know, uh, a year would be, you know, roughly 500 million and change of pure profit, pure profit, unadulterated yeah. pure profit. And that's at but $5. Now, if it was $10, they have a billion dollars, a billion dollars. Now, if they lost 5% of the users every quarter, but they were making a billion dollars, it'd still be a better business. Mm -hmm. So it's basically going to turn into Netflix if, you know, they want to try to keep this business alive long term. Now, they do have the $6 billion. So if they're losing $500 million a quarter, Mm-hmm. What what was the loss the last quarter? I think it was like five hundred million or something was in that about, range. Yeah, just like four thirty. Okay, so let's Rounded say they lose five hundred. <laughs> I'm just gonna say five hundred. They got six yeah. billion in the bank. You so know, they, they lose basically $2 million have dollars a year. Sorry, yeah, yeah, so they million. have basically three years of runway to figure mm-hmm. this out. If this recession takes um, a year, I think it's a you know I said three four quarters is what I thought mm-hmm. it was going to be. We're in the second. So that means sometime into next year, things start to go sideways and go back, you know, start to go back up, uh, maybe modestly. I think they have plenty of runway to get there. It's like unlike the BuzzFeed or Peloton situation where you were like, whoa, cash crunch under no cash. So and this is what benefited Uber with their cash position, Airbnb cash position, double click back and web 1.0 had a huge cash position. So when the market's hot, cash yourself up. If you don't need the money, that's the best time to raise is the lesson for founders. When you don't need money, best time to raise. Mm-hmm. And so they just get that little extra bit of cash cushion, then you get to deploy it when the market's down, Molly. So he's actually in the cap bird seat. Now, I, I think the stock's going to keep going down it is, until yeah. they get through this quarter and into the next quarter. So I think it's going to be uh, a really tough year. And um, they took the hard medicine of, you know, uh, I think making we'll the cuts. continue to, right? I mean, uh, clearly, I think this is a, this is a CEO who... Will course correct one imagines. And I think yes. you're absolutely right. You'll start to see those subscription fees come in. Like you'll start to probably see different revenue models. Um, it'll be interesting to watch. Listen, dealing with your personal health and wellness can be daunting. You're probably being bombarded by ads and you might have no idea where to start. That's why Boeing created a care system that's personalized, preventative, and holistic while still being science backed. And if you're a high performing founder or operator, you need to make sure you take care of your health. And that's where Thorne can help. Thorne offers at-home tests, which identify where you need the most care, like a gut test that analyzes your gut microbiome and a stress test that measures your stress hormone fluctuations. Very important to manage that stress. These tests help eliminate the guesswork for good health by providing personalized steps for how to eat, how to exercise, and what supplements you should take. Just reminded me, I got to take care of that. Then they have a range of multivitamins and supplements you can subscribe to. And Thorne is totally vertically integrated, so you're not dealing with anyone in the middle. Again, this is personalized health and wellness. To get started and take 10% off your first order, head to thorne.com slash you slash twist. That's T-H-O-R-N-E dot com slash you slash T-W-I-S-T to save that 10% and let them know you came from This Week in Startups. It will also be interesting to watch whether new regulations in the European Union on yeah, the crypto market yeah. have an, 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 an ongoing negative effect on crypto and thereby Coinbase and everybody else in this business. So EU or regulators, a positive effect. You know, you could I mean, argue both. Yeah, I would. I think any regulatory certainty will ultimately be good for these businesses. One hundred percent long term. Yeah. Um, short term though, it might drive some sketchy crap out of business, which we're going to see anyway. Yeah. EU regulators for the 27 member countries are set to meet today, June 14th. And they're, uh, and then again on June 30th to talk about kind of 
harmonizing crypto regulations. Uh, yep. They kicked off this effort in September of 2020. And basically, they want to try to like, unify because there's fragmented regulations across the U- EU, unify those regulations, mm. figure out what to do about the fact that crypto falls outside of these exist- existing consumer investment frameworks, like we've talked yeah. about whether it's a security or not, how do you even uh, protections, FDIC, yeah. yeah, all this stuff. Yeah, yep. how do you money define laundering, it? stable coins, how do you define yep. it? And then how does that impact markets globally? And stable coins have to define like who's allowed to do this? I mean, who's allowed to build their own currency, uh, and then compete against the country or the region's currency in the, in the case of the EU it's not one country it's many countries in, sh- should you really allow somebody to create a digital version of your dollar yeah. that's you know more efficient and controlled by a private company there's an argument that private companies shouldn't be allowed to do this and this should only be the purview of governments now a libertarian might say that's bs but people who want to live in a more controlled society uh, might very much want stable coins to be uh, either illegal or regulated um, mm-hmm. i would fall into not banning them um, not letting them be freewheeling, I would be hyper regulating them, hyper regulating them as in, you know, you can you have to get a license, you have to have a background check, you need to have everybody on the board has to be insured bonded, background checked, you, you know, like serious, like getting a bank charter stuff, which is why getting a bank charter was like the subject of an entire, se- an entire season of billions was about like, Get, you know how hard it is to get a bank charter like you you, you really want to make this hard for people so that you don't have really weird people like the tether people or luna you know and terra versus tether a two, you know two different stable coins mm-hmm. you really don't want these people um but i got a hot take on all this i think the regulators now have the high ground like obi-wan don't try it anakin now Anybody doing anything fugazi needs to understand the regulators have the high ground yeah. and you've already w- lost one limb to count Dooku. You got three left. I suggest you lean into the three, literally and figuratively. You do not want to take on the regulators at this point when Celsius, uh, you know, froze mm-hmm. everything, Luna, the tether questions that are still out there, all of these shenanigans, people losing their NFTs to hacks um xrp sec lawsuit uh shout out to brad who was the warriors came last night that was super awkward <laughs> i've been so critical he mm-hmm. said they should all go to jail he's like hey meet my kids i was like oh my god uh-huh. oh nice to see you brad <laughs> my god putting it aside well, if you're a regulator right now you're yeah. like okay let's see you argue against regulation yeah when everybody's lost everything and we all know that 98% of the projects are a scam and going to zero. There is no oh. high ground. And you know who benefits? Coinbase, uh, Circle. The companies that are that took preemptive regulation and regulated themselves and maybe over-regulated themselves and were, you know, maybe, uh, what sort of, judicious on who they listed as a coin and really mm-hmm. were thoughtful, mm-hmm. those people are now going to be the ones who benefit. Yeah. yeah. And also get swept up in regulation that they maybe didn't earn because they were trying to do the right thing. But yeah, the fact is like in a million different ways. One, we mm-hmm. had uh, if it walks like a bank and quacks like a bank, it's a bank, yeah. right? Like Celsius, your savings and loan. Sorry. Like if it walks and quacks like derivatives trading, yep. it is Luna and Terra. Like you yeah. cannot, you know, you tried to sort of set up these parallel structures to get around existing regulations on institutions that you look exactly like 
Mm-hmm. And then, of course, people got screwed. And now everybody is going to get swept up, up in it. And had the and it's same fine. exact conversation with Bill Gurley last night at the Warriors game. We are just like, how is this crypto thing? Like they created this whole parallel universe to securities law. Right. And I think now the securities folks can products. say, okay, <laughs> that was an interesting experience that failed. Yeah. And now we're going to take legal action because now that everything's collapsed, we have the proof. So it's kind of like, you know, somebody drives the getaway car, it's packed with diamonds, and then they're speeding. They go through a speed trap. <laughs> the cop didn't even know they robbed the bank, but this is what criminals do. They just don't stop. Right. right. So the, the cop then starts chasing them and they kill three people, flip the car, they kill one of the passengers. Like everybody dies. The whole thing's a smoking pile of wreck. And then the judge gets it and he's like, so you stole the diamonds, you were speeding, you killed two pedestrians, you killed two people in your own car, you killed two people in the other car. Like you're going to jail for everything. It's over. Like there's, they give you no benefit of the doubt. The benefit of the doubt when consumers lose their money, Molly, is gone. Yeah. It's gone. And it flips totally. to you're guilty because people were hurt. Now that's not fair either because those people put their money in. They knew this was Fugazi in a lot of cases. They were greedy. They were acting out of like just no diligence on their part. So- they I, did, I don't. but you still do have to. I mean, and I know that you and I, I think, differ a little bit in this in this instance. Like, you think it, people need to learn how to gamble and they need to learn yeah. how to, like, you know. But the fact is, like, people don't learn, right? Like, that would be great if they were learning. But what they yeah. are doing is gambling. And they were yeah. in, they were 100% incentivized by these exchanges to, like, if you yeah. make money on exchanges, on literal trades and transactions, then your job is going to be to get as many trades and transactions as possible and that is always going to be distorting that's always going to suck people in who don't need to be there and who are going to get hurt yeah but here's the thing the owner of ramsey sports when he starts playing in a poker game for boxes azidi that he can't afford and then tony soprano now owns his sports store ramsey sports hmm. and they just you know boost everything out of the place and light it on fire like this guy knew like he understood Dave Davey. Remember that? Do you, feel, you, do you feel the same way about the, you know, mortgage backed security swaps? And yeah. I mean, uh, you can, you, there's a, there, this is why regulation exists because it is a fine yes. line. Like people Even get. Even in a regulated environment, your point is well taken. In a regulated environment, you're saying, if I may summarize, people cheat. Mm-hmm. Now, if you cheat in an unregulated environment and you choose to, or you choose to participate in an unregulated, when you go play in an underground poker game, you are going to get screwed. Mm-hmm. Like th- it's an underground poker game. I know guys who are pros who will go to underground poker games, knowing that they're probably going to lose just to try to see if they can figure out how they're cheating. Uh, <laughs> you can follow Bob Harala Bob uh, on, uh, you know, who used to work for the Dallas Mavericks. And he talked about playing in a game where people were wearing contact lenses and they have like marked cards uh, where you put a little bit of um, like a, a liquid on the card and in the cards, you can tell like those are the aces. So they just, if you just know all the aces in the deck, I mean, that the, just that alone as an advantage is huge. Because you're like, oh, okay, this guy has an ace, he's got an ace, this guy's got three aces, boom. So fa- shout out to Haralaba, but he was explaining this, like he played in one of these games, he had a feeling it was rigged, he had, took a minor loss. The way he figured it out is they wanted him to play heads up, because I had somebody trying to get me to play heads up in my early in my poker career, um, who I had beaten like three or four games in a row and, you know, won like, you know, 10 or 20 grand. And they're like, we should play heads up for like, 100k or something or 50k like whatever you know and i was like yeah no i don't play heads up <laughs> they really were trying to push me but he did is 
He said, okay, yeah, you guys want me to play heads up versus that guy? Yeah. How much uh, I'll let you stake me for 30 or 40%. In other words, you could buy into my action mm-hmm. and they wouldn't take the action. Mm-hmm. And it was like, if you really actually were expert cheats, you would give me 25, take 25% of my action, play the long game, have me lose a million and you'd still be up, right? Because right. you'd lose the 25%, but you gain the other 75, you know, there'd be, there'd be, a, there'd be a, a formula here to actually back him. But when, he, when they wouldn't back him in what they, and he's a really good player. Uh, he knew that it was crazy, but this is going to be a crazy six months. Be prepared for it. Um, and if you're in crypto, here's the good news. I meet a lot of crypto entrepreneurs who are very smart, mm-hmm. um, who are actually building stuff, who are appalled yep. by the grifting they see going on. And they say to me privately, I can't say it because I'm in crypto. I don't want to seem like I'm going against the crypto revolution. But I am appalled that 90, 95%, I agree with you 100%, Jake, how 95% plus of this stuff is a scam, a grift, and incompetence, or some combination of those three. I can't say it, but I'm glad you're saying it, because it's really hard to be part of the 5% that are actually building real stuff, and yeah. who care about this, and care about the core technologies and what they represent. Guess what? Those 5%, just ship product, and you'll be fine. Just ship product and delight users. Now is mm-hmm. the time for builders, and the charlatans, and these like wackos who grifted into, you know, NFT projects, you know, try to scam people by creating some <laughs> bullshit, you can bleep that out, but like cartoon characters and then sell them for, you know, uh, ungodly amounts of money that peer pressure people into buying them by making them feel less if they didn't own one and then bringing them into the circle if they did. Like, have you guys never like been you know, in no, went to high school and felt peer pressure. Like, well, I was just going to say, yes, exactly. No, like we're living in an environment where a lot of people have not gotten scammed yet. They weren't old enough to get scammed in 2008 and yeah. they're getting scammed today. And like, yeah. it, it is true that the, now the real is going to rise to the top, but it's going to yeah. be a harder road for all of them. And they know it yeah, because of all of this banana pants. Listen, lots of founders are loosey-goosey with their personal phone numbers. They put it on their company documents, they use it on sales calls, email footers, it's all over the place. What happens if that salesperson leaves the company and now people are calling and that person's gone on? Maybe they went to a competitor and now they're using their personal phone number to get sales from previous emails that they sent under your email address. But you will clean up all this mess with open phone. They help you create a business phone number for you and every member of your team. And it works through an app on your smartphone or desktop. You pick a number, you install the app, bada bing, you're done. That's it. No need to carry two phones like back in the day. And by the way, we can tell you open phone is amazing because our sales team uses it every day. I kid you not, we use it every day. That's why we're such fans of this. Open phone is already super affordable. A starting price of just $10 a month. Twist listeners can get an extra 20% off any plan for your first six months by signing up at openphone.com slash twist. And if you have an existing phone number with another service, no problem. Open phone will port them over for free. So head over to openphone.com slash twist. And listen, we get credit for you using the service. You're going to love it. And you're going to save 20%. Okay, great deal for everybody. Speaking of a hard road, Mm. Um, interesting scoop today from the the information regarding the world of streaming. We are, yes. by the way, saving all the news about cricket rights and whatnot for when Lawn is on on oh, Thursday. Yeah. But um, update on what's been happening with Netflix. Uh, of course, you know, they've been in some trouble. There's a question about whether they're going to do an ad supported tier. Now, the information has a scoop saying that it's apparently reached out to competitors 
like Roku and Comcast for help with ad sales. Ah, great. Great. Because um, they know how to do it. Like, what would this even look like? I wonder. Well, um, people have ad networks. They might want to extend them. So what they mm-hmm. could say is, hey, we'll do a three year deal with you, Comcast or Roku. Um, you, we just put this code into the Netflix free app and they'll have like a Netflix light. Um, or maybe it's the same Netflix app because they want to move it up the rankings, yeah. but we'll see. They might want to make it a different app experience and, um, you can't force yourself ahead. And they say, listen, we'll give you 20% of the revenue. You get to expand to a hundred thousand people and it'll be a three year deal and, uh, we'll all do better because you have this up and running already. So this would be, you know, a fine thing to do in the short term for them to learn. Remember Yahoo, um, for people who don't remember or are too young, Yahoo um, licensed Google and Google was the default search engine on Yahoo and it just had powered by Google on the bottom. And then eventually yeah. people just started clicking powered by Google and they started going directly to Google. Um, and so there are, there are business ideas like this out there where you can learn from a partner for some period of time and it's destined to break up at some point. But, you know, there, there's been this talk of Netflix buying Roku. I think that would be like, a, I don't know if antitrust. It's weird to know what antitrust would do. In a down market, is really mm-hmm. Biden uh, and the antitrust and Lena Khan going to be like, you know what? We should really start attacking American companies that are, you know, already getting their just asses kicked. <laughs> that are just trying to survive and laying people off. It's a really bad look. This is where politics yeah. comes into play. You know, oh, Lena Khan got put in there when the market was at a top and everybody hated billionaires and Bernie folks and elizabeth warren you know pay your fair share and it's like well you made the tax law so change the tax law if you want people to pay differently oh, come on like people aren't gaming the tax law give me a well, i mean break. but you do have to change the tax law you can't say capital gains if we want to change the capital gains well, structure don't of the country elizabeth warren about that talk to republicans about that well yeah so somewhere between the if we do, all politicians if Enforce they want the tax law there's a 70 like trillion dollar tax gap anyway sorry okay well if there are a little that, fired that, up that, no no the but there situation. is probably there are people cheating on their taxes obviously we should 10x the number there of people are companies there are individuals like if we collected sure. all the taxes but that are owed in this country we have all the money we the need fundamental okay. not yeah so which would be great to just get people to pay Separate their story. pay yeah. pay what they're supposed to pay but if you yeah. want people to pay differently it is not helpful to attack folks who are playing by the rules if, if capital gains works differently if you don't have income and you just have capital gains you might have one, three years where you pay no taxes and then two years where you set records and pay the biggest taxes in the history of the universe. Yeah. So if you want to change that, then you change capital gains. And if you want to change capital gains, be prepared that America is not going to be the leading economy in the world with the most resilient and, you know, the most vibrant. So, you know, in this case, like, um, you know, I, I think <laughs> so Lena so Khan. So our original question is, well, no, they I mean, if you, what do you think, Molly? Like, is Lena <laughs> yeah. Khan going to be able to stop a deal between Roku and Netflix, two companies that have gotten completely demolished, completely beaten up. Would they have the high ground to do that? I think this might be an opportunity for some mid-sized, you know, uh, M&A to actually occur. Because if Peloton doesn't get bought by somebody, it could go out of business. And then do you want to be Lena Khan who's like, or Biden? Oh, yeah, we didn't let you do this merger. And then the company went out of business and laid more people off. Now, yeah, I don't think the company's objecting the to midsize. Like nobody's objecting to midsize mergers. There's going to be scrutiny, but I don't they think would never I mean, Netflix, yeah. Netflix and Roku, forget it. Those are neither of those are even approaching monopoly status. It is interesting though that the insider piece really poo-poos those rumors too. Yeah. And is like, you know, this is really unlikely because Netflix yeah. doesn't want to move into hardware. 
I mean, I, I, that's a tough, I, that seems like a sort of an overly simplistic reading that might have made more sense when mar- if, the market was what it was and Netflix was in the position that it was, but I might be a lot more interested in like owning smart TVs now. I mean, if they do build an ad network, then they want as many customers as possible to feed those ads to. Yeah. And so, because once you have the relationship with McDonald's or, you know, Marvel, and marvel's advertising you know or the new obi-wan's getting advertised they'll take as many viewers as you got they, they want to get people over there so you know it's a lot of people who you didn't ex- expect to build large advertising businesses have like mm-hmm. you know amazon and apple all of a sudden yeah. have very robust advertising businesses because they have such a captured uh well-heeled audience and so yeah i just i'm very interested to see what happened with MA. i think people have not tried to do m a because they're so scared of wasting their time and then getting stopped at the finish line um that they haven't tried so like the high ground for regulators yep. now i think the high ground goes to companies that want to do m&a and yeah go ahead lena Khan, go ahead you know biden you you want to you know attack american companies at this moment in time during a recession with layoffs okay go for it let's see what the optics look like so all this stuff is political um in my yep. mind it's gonna be interesting times interesting times <laughs> all right and then uh <laughs> we have we have an amazing startup of the day. This, there okay. is no good way I wonder to where we found smoothly this one. transition. This was evidently, speaking of ad networks, uh, this was an ad that was served up to one of our producers, to producer Justin. So a little bit of a targeted No, it was produced to me. I got this. It was served to you? Yeah, I tweeted this. I really? got this on Instagram. Yes, this is, I, for some reason, Mark Wahlberg thinks this Catholic boy from Brooklyn needs to pray more. Oh. So Catholic boy from Boston mm-hmm. Our father, full of grace. So how do your mom for me, J. Kyle? Hey, chicken. Hey, chicken. How's it hanging? Hey, chicken. I love that one. Hey, chicken. Say hey, hi to your mother for me. Say hi to your mother for me, all right? Say hi to your mother for me, J. Kyle. Well, at this point, I think we should probably just, all right, I'm going to give you the headline and then How's we're going to run the video. Catholic prayer app Hallow has raised $52 million and has ads featuring Mark Wahlberg that are being targeted to J. Cal, among yeah. others, Calm for Catholics. Let's get a little uh, Mark Wahlberg fixed today oh man thank god thank hallow i'm prayed up today i'm prayed, prayed up ready we're gonna fight the fight right now baby. god bless you yeah that's it you know god loves the cannons so i actually tweeted this maybe this happened to both justin and i justin do you producer justin if you're on the line yeah, did, did you, you actually you got the ad too maybe did I you get the ad too justin i tweeted a different ad this weekend it went viral I wonder, or maybe producer Justin's not here, but we'll, we'll get a check on if producer, because producer Justin's wow. got to come on and talk about the caper of his laptop. Caper. Exactly. Yes. He's going to be uh, ready for the caper. Uh, I got this one this weekend and said, wow, interesting wow. app, but amazing delivery. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. He, you know, he, he uh, prayed up is his new line. So you got to stay prayed up. That's what he it, told me. Jacob, you got to stay prayed up. <laughs> and I was like, John okay, Sheely, John Sheely says, your, I'm getting rosary with on me. my feed too. Oh my God. Okay, I'm up on his feed too. He said, do the rosary with me. So you can do a virtual rosary. Like my grandmother, God rest her soul, would do the rosary. Anytime we did something bad or we got in trouble, she'd do a rosary for us. This is before you could play Bejeweled, you know, like you're yeah, sitting no, at home and you had your- me. I had it was a like the, grandmother, I know what's up. Literally take the rosary and each bead was a Hail Mary. Every single thing all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get some Greek worry beads. There's a thing. Um, mm. My grandfather, God rest his soul, my Greek side, um, he had this thing called worry beads. And uh, 
I guess you would say a prayer for each one. Pull up Greek worry beads. Yeah. Like people don't it's know about It's kind of like the rosary. I think that, that those are in other cultures yeah. also, I believe. But yeah. Really? I need to get prayer into beads. some worry beads. But you'll see like old Greek men walking around with their worry beads and they just pull like one of these little, you know, uh, yeah. beans on it, you, you know, uh, little beads. Uh, and that's it. So this is what I want to do. I want to make this week in startups worry beads. This way American. in the recession, you have your Greek worry beads. Each one of them is going to give you a foundational um, tenant of running a startup. So you'll get these and each one will be numbered or have an icon on it. Remember uh, to understand your runway. Remember to update your investors <laughs> and you just go through it. Maybe um, startups a American boy in our Nodi gang says prayed up is common African-American vernacular. Our grandparents say it, our parents say it. And so we say it too. Oh. And Mark Wahlberg. So anyway, but let's talk about this as a right. startup idea. Oh, it's brilliant. $52 million. Yeah, exactly. Catholic prayer and meditation app. It's like calm for Catholics. Like I said, that claims over a million downloads. It was founded in 2018 by Alex Jones. I'm assuming not that Alex Jones. Oh, please, Lord, Alessandro no. DeSanto and Eric Karekis, who started acting, asking Sounds priests great. and members of the church about the intersection of meditation and faith and found that there's a big crossover. Mm. They uh, did Love $12 million it. in a Series A, have raised this $52 million overall. And a $40 million Series B. Investors include Peter Thiel. Oh, Freddie Contrary Peter. Capital, Sousa Ventures, and Scott Malpass. Okay. So it's an alt-right, far-right uh, <laughs> Yeah. Ben, no Ben Shapiro? Uh, what? He hasn't started the Ben Shapiro Daily Wire Fund yet. Wait, but is it that? It's not that, Alex Jones, is it? No, I mean, no. I'm hoping it's Come not on. that Alex Jones. I mean, just if trolling. Alex Jones secures the meditation bag, that's just, yeah, that's just unfair. Um, but, you know, I'm always fascinated that uh, in the top 50 podcasts is this uh, Dr. Mike, uh, I'm sorry, Father Mike uh, Schmitz. I don't know, the Bible of the year, bi the Bible in a year. Mm -hmm. uh, and he's always up there. I guess people like to listen to some podcasting stuff, so. It's not that Alex Jones. It's this. Oh, thank goodness. Bless. It's this. Yeah. No, I, no pun Catholic intended. looking Alex Jones. Um, yeah. He really right. I mean, yeah. That, what do you want from me? He's a redhead. We've got blue eyes. Like couldn't look more. He looks like look uh, more Catholic. I, I, there was a young priest I knew who looked like him. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's I'm leave it at that. You uh, know, as we know, like product market fit. Really, really matters. And if you can find a super devoted, no pun intended, audience. And then say, we know that there is a proven market for meditation, for mindfulness, for this, you know, a sense of achieving peace and, and having uh, these moments throughout your day that get you grounded and centered and, and you know, bring self-love. And then you can just sort of say, let's do that, but specifically for yeah. Catholics and for the devout, it's like, it seems like built-in money. This is like the offertory or whatever that was called offertory uh you know basically when you went to church in catholic church they had a basket with a long handle on it. my grandfather on my irish side uh god rest his soul he was an usher and they would put the basket in front of each person slowly some people had money to put in some people didn't some put a dollar some put an envelope to you know have their donation not be known and i always just thought I wonder if I could put a dollar in there and pull one of those fives out. That was always my thought. It's like, is there a sleight of hand trick where I can go put a dollar in and grab the five out? Um, <laughs> but yeah. So anyway, there it is, folks. That's a very uh, you, sweet story about your religious upbringing. Yes. I used to do 
605 Mass at yeah in, in Barrage, Brooklyn, and uh, I would do it every Saturday, every Sunday with my grandfather. Uh, Love it. There were like six people there. <laughs> it was like the people who like you know these old people who wake up at 4 a.m. They would be outside of church 20 minutes early, and then they would go. Um, all right, there it is. All right, well, we live in the future. Here we go. I love this app. We got to get Justin on because Justin uh, had his laptop stolen from his apartment. Uh, Justin, you want to come on air and, and tell us what happened briefly, and then we'll talk about this. We live in the future slash startup of the day app. So, Justin. All, all right. We, we're in the group yeah. chat. All of a sudden, all bedlam breaks loose. Your laptops are stolen. And you go into full Columbo mode. What happens? Yes. Yeah. Laptops are stolen sometime Sunday night, probably because my roommate didn't uh, lock the door with the deadbolt. Mm-hmm. Your so ex-roommate, I discover- you mean? Former? Now <laughs> no, former he's, roommate? He, he's definitely still my, my roommate. Uh, I love him. He's great. Uh, but so once I find these are lost, I file the police report, um, but quickly notice that this is Bedsty. This is not a priority. It's a couple thousand dollars worth of laptops, which I think falls under grand larceny, but mm. still, it's not a homicide. It's not something else. So I realize I'm going to need to do some detective work myself. Mm. And uh, so I start pulling up my find my devices. They're offline for a few hours. Eventually, they come up on uh, at, a, at a house. So I kind of case that house, but realize I don't have a good approach. I try to go to the police again, say it's at this house. Um, they you don't, don't have a good approach. Like you couldn't take the shot is what you're saying. You don't know. <laughs> exactly. My, my girlfriend was on the phone oh, with me and I said, I'm going to go and I'm going to ring on the doorbell of this house. And she said, please do not do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then next day I see them moving. I'm writing the launch ticker, which is our uh-huh. newsletter that we send out. Yeah. And I get an alert that it's the location's been found, mm. which um, and I see it's moving. This is through so, the software that this is through Apple, Apple software. Find yeah, mine. now you for find my to work. You don't have uh, an LTE connection on your laptop. And in order to join a Wi-Fi network, it would have to be one that you were already on. I'm members of a couple of like those generic, like Comcast or, or like the, ah. the spectrum provider. So maybe that helped, but I think I know that the iPhone Apple tag, Technology mm-hmm. d- does reach out to other devices, and that's one way that. that they found it. Um, huh. So I, I wonder if Find My has that same thing because it, th- these people never logged on to their own Wi-Fi network, as far as I can tell, because Apple lets you lock their device, and the locks were never actually successfully pushed out. So they were just blocked by the password. They didn't get the message where when you uh, have a, a device that's missing, you can put a little message and it puts it in a special locked mode that never took into effect. So I see these devices moving and I'm like, Oh man, they're about to be lost forever shipped off to China or or wherever else that, that they get fenced at. And so Mm -hmm. I put on my running shoes, start running, eventually find the, the laptop stop right in front of a, uh, electronic store. I run up, I probably get a foot away from the guys who have it. I see them holding my laptop, talking to each other about, selling them uh my girlfriend um was kind of and in the they back don't of notice mind. you they don't notice you well all. they see me i'm sweating but i'm not paying too much attention i kind of like try to open up the the door of the electronic shop and i realize that it's not open for another 10 minutes so at that point i say i could confront them now or i can wait and just kind of keep eyes on them uh, a couple hundred meters away 
call the cops. The cops arrive in 20 minutes. By that time, the, the gentleman who stole my laptop have turned it over into the electronic store, either to sell or, or to see if they could get it jailbroken. Oh. But the cops, uh, helped me and I, I collected them there. So that's, that's my story. Hmm. So it's sort of like an, a magical we live in the future in terms of the connection and the find my. Yeah. Good job not going full Batman. Mm. <sighs> I don't know. I kind of feel no. like the story would have been... I think for the show, it would have been better if there was a confrontation. <laughs> so for I ratings agree. and for the show, I feel like you failed us. But you did get my laptop. I was actually thinking laptop. about... One of them was your laptop. One of them technically is my laptop. I got it back. So you did get it no back. No insurance. So and I was thinking of you the, the whole time because I know you like the movie Dread. Yeah. And I was like, I need Judge Dredd to solve this for me. Just yes. Guilty. Walk into that house. <laughs> guilty, the like little confirmation Absolutely. from headquarters and just Such a deal justice. Dread. So, yeah, anyway, absolutely. now you can talk about Prey. I'll well handled. Up. And well, don't listen to this guy who's like, it could have been don't better content me. if you got in a giant. No, don't get I, into a conversation. I'm, like, I'm having a full on mom freak out right now. Like, mom energy. What is happening? <laughs> Um, <gasps> we need to know. However, somebody, I wonder if the Nodies know, if somebody in the Nodi crew or producers can tell us how this actually works. Does it actually work that you can find my, I need to know this. If you do find my laptop and you do find my laptop, does it, and you're not connected to Wi-Fi, does it connect by Bluetooth or whatever to an iPhone that's part of the Find My Network that then gives you the location? Yeah. I bet it's using that's how some AirTags kind of, work. They took that technology from Tile. Yep. I bet it's using some kind of a mesh network situation. Mm -hmm. However, what we think, and this is that we live in the future, and we could, this was irresistible today. We had to do yeah. Hallow, and we had to do this app because we had Prey and Prey. Mm -hmm. This right. one is P-R-E-Y. Yes. That's right. I'm not sorry about that. I laughed at my own joke all day long. Prey is a software and online platform for mobile device tracking, management, and protection available for laptops, tablets, and mobiles. So I guess had this been installed, then he wouldn't even need the Find My, although it does apparently. Uh, yeah, this one's got different features. So what's network. really interesting about Prey is that it will turn on your camera and your microphone. So if you are in stolen mode and somebody steals oh, it, nice. you can then basically surveil people. And you can track even better. So this is why I think laptops should have um, LTE connections as a pot, you know, like as a built in feature, because I had a Chrome, the original Chromebook had Verizon LTE built into it. What a delight to open your laptop up and just have LTE working on it, like with Google five for an extra 10 bucks. Totally. Why do we not have Apple laptops? You know, they sell their iPads with the option of having a cellular connection. Why not put that in every MacBook? Wouldn't that be the greatest feature ever? Wouldn't you pay an extra hundred bucks for your laptop if you could have LTE based in it? And what Definitely. if you could open it up and actually put your SIM card in? You know, you order an extra, all these places let you order an extra data SIM now. So yeah, that'd be just, amazing. That'd be amazing. Please do that. But um, I, I've been obsessed with this product because it also does it for Android phones and all your devices. Um, hmm. I haven't actually used it myself, but... Um, the main feature is location tracking and with active monitoring of device management, the service has automatic reactions to location triggers that alert its security functions when detected. Remote security capabilities users can recover or wipe information lost or stolen devices. Um, so it's pretty groovy. I think people also use this to spy on people. So I'm 
reticent to i know that's what i keep thinking too i'm just like if there's a backdoor in this app like everyone can well i think if you install it you know you have prey installed like it's a it's a system widget you can't covertly do this and like spy on somebody um like i know people do this to spy on their exes like is a whole thing um i'd sort of rather have i'd sort of rather have the apple version well um, maybe yeah i think if you if your laptop's super important, I think having one of these third party tools is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then having it automatically connect to Wi Fi networks, like if you really don't want somebody to have it, because but you could also wipe this stuff and everything's in the cloud. So the ability to remote wipe and then just collect your insurance, I think, is the easiest thing. But there you have it, folks. Um, we live in the future. Pray for pray. Uh, pray for pray. Pray for your for pray. Uh, two very cool startups. Uh, thanks for tuning in today, everybody. If you want to get involved in the live taping of the show, you know what to do. You go to youtube.com slash this weekend and you hit the notification bell. We go live around 10 a.m. every day, five days a week, soon to be seven days a week. It's our Saturday and Sunday show. Molly just fell out of her chair. <laughs> Somebody help Molly up. Uh, Why do it with the Sunday show? What do you mean? Well, no, I'm talking about a live version. <laughs> oh, live version. Yeah, I did. On Sunday, we can pray, Molly. We're going to do that. That was prayer. me doing the Roadrunner. Pew! We're going to do prayer. 